and Terry. Father, we just think, give you thanks for Terry, for the Holy Spirit guarding him, laying a word on his heart. And I just pray that we are ready to receive what you have for us today, Lord. In Jesus' name. Terry, over to you, mate. Good morning, church. Happy New Year. Richest blessings to you all, uh, to you and to your families. For a wonderful 2023. Amen. So I was thinking this morning, even chatting with Richard, that um, some people might be a bit upset like Trevor that, you know, most of the church has been raptured. But I think if you look at the good side of it, you guys are here this morning to hear a really good message. That's going to be a blessing. So just look at the bright side of it, Trev. Not that bad. <laughs> so, once again, I have the privilege of preaching the first message of the year. Not only the first message, but I'm also blessed enough to be able to preach the second message next week. And so, thanks to Steve and Jan for that. And so, I have like a two-part message uh, this week and next week. The, um, the thing that I question God every year on before the new year comes is for myself. It's like, God, hey, where am I? Where are we as a church? Um, and what, what are you saying for 2023? And how can we move from where we are to where you want to take us? You know? And that's something I always do every year, and I, I really look forward to it and, and enjoy it. And so this year... I felt God saying that many of us, <clears throat> and probably myself in many ways, are stuck in one place at the moment. Um, some of us kind of stagnating. But God said that He's like really, really intentional and He would love to have our participation so that He can move us into a far more exciting and spacious place for 2023. Amen. But... Um, friends, no amount, no, no amount of teaching or discipling um, can move us forward individually or as a church unless we have an earnest desire, um, a passion, a zeal, unless we set our hearts on pilgrimage, um, unless we have a longing for the more that God has for us for 2023 and beyond. Amen. 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 Uh, okay, cool. So, I think the biggest thing is our availability, um, us putting our hands up, us taking the first steps, initiating. Um, because when we do that, then we can be sure that when we take the first steps, God will always take the next ten steps towards us. Amen. But if we are not intentional, if we are just happy to just somehow go with the flow and just like cruise along, nothing really exciting is going to happen because we're not, we're not allowing God to come into the picture. We're not crying out to God. We're not saying, hey God, you know, your cloud is moving on. I don't want to be left behind. I want to go with you. I want to do what you're doing and I, want to, I don't want to miss out on what you have for me. So that's kind of what I feel uh, where we are at the moment. Um, 
And so, how do we initiate this? Well, it, it begins with us asking a whole lot of questions. The first question would be, God, where am I? And even if you give me a picture or show me or get somebody to give me a word, give me a picture of where am I at the moment. And then the next question would be, God, what's keeping me here? What are the things that are holding me back here? Why am I in this place? Um, why am I kind of not moving forward in the way that you'd like me to be? Maybe it's been three years of COVID. Maybe, maybe, whatever it might be. Um, we, we need to have those questions answered. And then the next question would be, Lord, how can I best move forward into the things that you have for me? That would be the next question. And then, lastly, Lord, please speak to me. Give me new, fresh vision. And give me the passion and zeal to tap into everything you have for me for this new season. But I need your anointing. <laughs> I can't do this on my own. I need fresh vision. I need passion. I need zeal. Godly. And it can only come from fresh anointing, the Holy Spirit. Fresh vision to, to open our eyes to see where we are and where God wants us to be. And an excitement to, to, to be able to Go with God and do the things that God, the exciting stuff that God has for us for this year. Amen. Habakkuk 2 verse 2 and 3 says this, um, kind of in short. It says, ask God for fresh vision. Have a pen and paper ready. Wait for him to answer. When he speaks to you, write the vision down clearly and then run with it. Amen? That's, that's what it says. It says, ask God for, for fresh vision. Have a pen and paper ready. When God speaks to you, and you know what? <laughs> when you ask God, he will definitely speak to you. And you have that pen and paper ready. And when God speaks to us, we write the vision down clearly. And then we have fresh passion and vision and we run with what God has shown us. Amen. So there are two parts to my message. So the first part I'm speaking on today is called Times and Seasons in God. Um, it's it's going to help us to answer questions one, one and two. The questions of, Lord, where am I? at the moment, give me a picture, show me. And the second one would be, Lord, what's keeping me here and how can I move forward? So that's the first part. And then the next part next week is entitled, It's Time to Dream Again. You have permission to dream. And that is going to help us, it's going to give us handles on how to Get fresh vision, how to get zeal, how to move forward excitedly 
not cranking ourselves up, but God, fresh vision and a fresh anointing and an excitement um, and beginning to dream again, okay? And when you start dreaming, God, when we were created a long time ago before we were born, God put visions and dreams in our hearts. He created us uh, and He handcrafted us and He put talents and dreams and visions in us long before we were born. For this season, for this year, God has put a dream and vision in your heart. And you can, you can bring that to the surface by asking God, by, by waiting on God. He waits upon the Lord shall renew their strength. He, he who waits upon the Lord will get fresh vision. He will run and not grow weary. <laughs> Young men will faint, but those who wait upon the Lord, those who entwine themselves, those who seek the Lord. Uh, and when you start to dream again and allow and look inside yourself and see and ask God, God, what dreams, what vision do you have? What what exciting things do you have for me for this season? And God put them there so that He could do those things with us. And when you start to dream about these things, we begin to bring life to the surface. The moment we start dreaming about stuff in God, life comes to the surface. And all of a sudden, we're excited about stuff. We can't wait for tomorrow. How many of us don't have that feeling anymore? Like when you wake up in the morning, you feel, oh, God, I have to get up today, you know. It doesn't have to be like that, friends. It can be exciting. Every morning, a fresh new day with God. And there can be that excitement. It's inside of you. And we're going to talk about that next week. I'm going a bit off the track here. So, that's what's in store for next week. But let's start talking about times and seasons in God. But that's the very first thing. So, the question I'm going to ask you is, what season are you in right now? What season are you in? Um, if, are you in a winter season? Because if you are, then you need to be still and know that He is God. I'm just giving you a little bit of a snippet there. And what does that actually mean? Um, does it mean to sit and do nothing? Be still and know that He is God? We'll unpack that a bit later. And this might sound like a strange question because most of us largely live our lives unaware of spiritual times and seasons around us and in our lives. Totally unaware. But we're very aware of the physical seasons, but totally unaware of spiritual seasons in our lives. And yet all our lives are profoundly affected in some way, whether great or small, by the four physical seasons that God has set in place. And even now, if we look around, um, we only need to <laughs> look around to see all the catastrophes going on at the moment and how the, the physical seasons catastrophically affect the world around us. Even right now in the USA, how many people are dying of snows and blizzards and floods everywhere and earthquakes and it's unbelievable. It's more now than, let's be honest, uh, ever that I ever remember that the four seasons and climate are seriously affecting this planet. 
if we could have a preference, most of us would choose to remain in one season permanently. And we'd probably choose a season like spring or summer because they're the easiest to cope with. They are also the most comfortable and temperate seasons. They're easy, chill, spring, flowers, summer, you know, fruit on the trees. Um, they are a lot easier than winter, for example. It also works the same way spiritually. I mean, we, we are also quite lazy people, Christians. We're quite happy to, you know, stay in the comfort zone. <laughs> and the, the moment things get a little bit tough and, you know, there's a bit of uh, suffering and hardship and things, it's like, hey, you know, I never signed up for this and uh, whatever. But we prefer to, to just hang around in summer um, because this is where I like it. And even though we might actually be spiritually in a winter season, we don't want to be there. We, we want to maybe precipitate ourselves out into back into summer. And so just as there is continuous change in the physical seasons around us, there's also a continuous change in the spiritual seasons in our lives. When we take time to carefully observe and dwell on the overwhelming number of similarities and parallels between the physical and spiritual seasons, it's so incredibly enlightening, but we can't help but believe that God is giving us a clear, visible, technicolor comparison in the natural so that we are unable to translate these into in, uh, invisible but profoundly real spiritual contexts in our own lives. If we look around and compare summer and winter, God is trying to give us pictures here of, uh, he's not trying, he is giving us pictures of, of the spiritual and the physical. Because whatever the, the physical is, it came out of the spiritual. And we're well aware that in certain countries, if we run around uh, in you know, the middle of winter with, you know, with the a t-shirt on and there's a one and a half meters of snow, and we run around out there, we, we could end up dead. Um, and it's very similar spiritually. Um, it can kill your calling. It can kill your ministry. Um, it can shipwreck your faith. And um, it can do the same to the people that we are leading as well. So it's important to know what season we, we're in, what God is doing in our lives, and where God wants to take us. And so if we want to lead ourselves and others well, we need to know. We need to be able to interpret the signs of the times and prepare for the seasons in our lives. The Bible is full of, of verses on times and seasons. I mean, it's full of it. Um, and beginning with Matthew 16, verse 1 to 3, Jesus said, you can interpret the weather, yet you cannot interpret the sign of the time. 2 Timothy 4, verse 2, be prepared in season and out of season. And if you don't know what season you're in, then how can you be prepared? And whatever season you're in, it's never an excuse to sit and do nothing. 
because the word says be prepared in season and out of season. It's not an excuse. Oh, I'm in winter. I'm oh, just parking off there. And then um, Ecclesiastes 3, verse 1 to 8, it says there's a proper time and a season for everything under the sun. John 2, verse 4, Jesus replied, My time has not yet come. John 17, verse 1, Father, the time has come. Can you see how important this is, guys? It's really important. It's a bit of an eye-opener. So, we are called to leadership in one form or another, in the church, families, in the sports field. Um, whether we are conscious of it or not, God is constantly moving us, our people, our churches through different seasons, at different times, for various reasons, according to his plans and purposes. It's important to know the season that we're in right now and the next season God is taking us into so that we can work together with him to adequately prepare for the well for the next season. Everything has its season. Nations, empires, churches, um, ourselves. We all have seasons. So what season are you in right now? And so let's have a look and see, give it a bit of a comparison, physically and spiritually. How does it look? So the first one is winter. What does winter look like? Okay, so the best scripture I can think of is um, uh, be still and know that I am God. And winter time spiritually is when God deals with issues, excess baggage, character defects, a time of transformation, preparation, and pruning. God prepares us for the things that he has in store for us. And it's a confined, small, but a safe place. It looks like nothing is happening in winter. Absolutely nothing is happening. The ground is fallow. And nothing seems to kind of work naturally, everything's a bit of a push, um, uh, we're sowing and we're sowing and we're sowing, but we don't see any fruit. It's just almost like tears and tears and more tears. Um, and then what happens is we become impatient. Then we, we want to propel ourselves and move ourselves into back into summer, and, 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 and we get sad, and we get, we get um, sort of, let's say, um, self-pity creeps in, and that doesn't help, because we need to be able to work with God um, in, this, in this season we're in, so that he can deal with the things and do what he needs to do in that season. So that we don't come through a difficult season, suffer a lot of pain, but yet actually then, but we've got nothing to show for it. But if we work with God in that season, allowing Him to prune us, allowing Him to show us where we need to make adjustments and change, allowing God to come in and, and, and get, our, get our roots down deeper, um, even the outside might look 
not pretty. It's pruned, but the roots are going deeper. We'll come through that season and we'll find that it's a season of enormous growth. Uh, more than any other season, we look back and we see, wow, how much I've grown you know, in the season. And that is kind of what the spiritual season is like. Okay, guys, so then um, let's look at spring. So the operative scripture there is 1 Chronicles 20 verse 1. It says, in the spring, at the time when kings go out to war, Job led out his armed forces. So spring is a time of new beginnings. God releases us into the new things that he has for us and the things that he's called us into. Um, he's confident that we're fully prepared and we're fully equipped and we are ready and that there's nothing that's going to cause us to fail. So he then releases us into that new season. He won't do that if he feels that we, he's going to set us up for failure. So we need to be prepared. We need to be positioned for that. And so um, it's like breaking new territory. It's a time of war. It's a time of really um, getting out there and fighting for new territory in God. Uh, we face opposition, but God gives us victory. We're brave, we're courageous, and we're renowned warriors because we know that God is with us. And then we see, like in Joshua 3, when the Israelites went out of the desert, they crossed, went across into the Jordan, into the new land that God had given them. Um, what happened was that the manna stopped and, you know, things changed. And they had to go out and forage for, for food. And they had to plant crops and they had to start, you know, um, fending for themselves in terms of their sustenance and whatever. And so therefore you find what happens is that in the new season, uh, things don't work the same as they did in the old season. Okay, the old season there was manna in the desert and stuff, but here uh, it's different. You have to forage for yourself, you've got to plant crops, um, and you're settling in, in a particular place. And so what worked for the previous season won't work for the new season. Um, but God gives us fresh food and provision for, for the new spring season. So that's a picture of spring. And then summer. Uh, operative scripture is Psalm 16, verse 5 and 6. The boundary lines have fallen uh, in pleasant places. So that's what, uh, you know, it looks like. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. The boundary lines have fallen in pleasant places. Um, there's, there's, you know, abundance everywhere. Everything seems to work properly. Um, everything just flows nicely. It's just so lacquer. And the trees are all bearing fruit, and they're laden with fruit. And you can go along and, like, pick this fruit. I want to pick that fruit. I like this. I don't like that. And you can just kind of prance along, and everything is cool. The daisies are growing, and it's a lovely season to be in. Um, abundance and fruitfulness. But summer is the season, spiritually, with the least spiritual growth. But it's the most pleasant place to be. And I think we've all been there. We know what that looks like, what that feels like. And then autumn, um, a season of completeness and closure and refreshing. 
maybe the end of a pilgrimage that you come through uh, where it's kind of really dry and, and, and like you come out of a really hard place. Um, and, but you come out to a place of, as it says in, um, in Psalm 84, 5-7, uh, we come out of the valley of Baca, which is a, a dry valley, to the place of spring and, and, and pool. And it's like a time of, of refreshing. It's like uh, Psalm 23, verse 1 to 3. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He, uh, he leads me beside still waters. Um, he restores my soul. And so autumn is a time of restoration, a time of refreshing. But it's also a time, you know, of God starting to whisper new things for the new things he has for us, for a new season. So as we're being restored, as we're being refreshed, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a place and a season where it's so easy to connect with God. You know, we, we can connect so easily with God. We can get into the presence of God so easily. Um, and then God starts whispering things about the new things, the new season that he has for us. And even right now, I just sense that God is speaking to some of you. That I sense God whispering some, some exciting things to you, even right now, about this year, about what he has in store for you. Um, and I, I feel that's going to be, God is going to enlarge that, and he's going to take that a lot further um, in the next week or so. And then the next question is, um, what is the next season that we're going into? And that question is very hard to answer because it depends on us, how we work with God in the season that we're in. Um, we can shorten or lengthen a season. We can go from one season back to the next season. Or if we're in winter and we, you know, we propel ourselves into summer, we'll end up back in winter because God needs to do some stuff. So that's a very difficult one. It depends on how we work with God. But um, the way that we end this season, that we end, is so important because it's the seed for the next season that we have. So it's important how we end the season. And so some things that's, that are going to help us to prepare for this next season, it says, be prepared in season and out of season. 2 Timothy verse 4 to 2. And so we don't think things just happen haphazardly. Um, God is always intentional and very, very purposeful in all that he does. Um, and that our success is very directly related to um, how we prepare. And the suddenness of God only happen because God feels that we are ready to be released into that season. If God feels that we're not ready, he won't release us into a new season. But we need to be prepared, and we prepare ourselves through availability, uh, ob obedience, accountability, um, allow ourselves to be pruned of excess baggage, uh, prayer, intimacy with God, um, and just through the Word and the Spirit. The next thing to, that we can do to prepare ourselves is, uh, it says, my times are in your hands, Psalm 31 verse 5. So the, the major thing is there that we submit to our dad. We trust our dad. 
He'll never fail us. He'll never do anything that is not going to prosper us. And um, He knows how to bring us through victoriously uh, in due course. So we don't take things into our own hands. We just go with God and trust Him, know that He's going to bring us through. Even as Jesus allowed Himself to be taken into the desert by the Holy Spirit and, and to be tested, um, he allowed that to happen. Uh, but he would not have come out of the, of the desert um, in the power of the Holy Spirit if he had not let himself be subjected to the testing. And we see that in Luke 4, verse 1 to 13. And then the next thing is, says, the wise heart will know the proper time. So that's Ecclesiastes 8, verse 5. Um, when we hear God say stuff to us, like God said some stuff to people, it doesn't mean that that is for right now. God's just whispering that stuff to you because he wants you to know and start getting excited about what he has planned for you. But remember, we still have to prepare and equip and get ourselves ready and position ourselves for God to release us into that. So it's just, it's just God is just telling you so that you know you need to start preparing for what, what God wants to do. So you can get excited and passionate about what God wants to do through you. How will our heart know the proper times? God tests us that we might stand, and we will know when we are passing the test. I'm sure we know when we're passing the test that He sends our way. And if we don't, and we're unsure, then we can simply ask God. But we all know when we've spoken about doing certain things in our lives, and we, we know that God wants to use us to start a new ministry or to do something, we all know that if we don't have the release, we can't do it, because then we're going to do it without the grace of God, without God being there. And it's better to be in a hard place with God and have the grace and know that God will bring you through than to be in an easy place, devoid of an anointing and grace and a presence of God. But we all know what it feels like when we want to do something, but we haven't got the release. But then the release comes, and we say, thank you, Lord. You know, I, I, I feel a peace, and I'm going to move ahead with what you, know, you want to do to me. Are you with me, guys? Is this okay? Ah. Okay, so, prepare for the future. Um, we cannot say today will be the same as tomorrow, because it definitely won't. But that doesn't bother us, as we are a futuristic rather than a historical people. We are people of God. We are the people of the future. And we'd rather know about our amazing future than dwell on the yesterdays. Because our future is far more exciting than our past will ever be. Amen. We're a prophetic people. We're able to understand and interpret the signs of the times in our lives. We're working with God to prepare and become the future. 
we are also able to speak into the lives of the people that we are leading. We are able to see what God has for them to tell them what God is going to do through them, to encourage them and to lead them to where God wants to take them as well. God is always intentional and purposeful. And He has amazing plans for each one of us that He wants to bring to fruition. And we heard that song, um, Waymaker, earlier, and where He never stops working. And that's, that's our dad, that's our God. He never stops working. He's always working. And He's working to ensure our successful outcome. That's who our dad is. He's always working for us. Amen. Our dad is loving and he's strong. And you'll always find an abundance of grace for every season when we look to God. We have the abundance of grace for every season. Because he's gone ahead of us. And he knows what he's leading us into. And he gives us the grace for every season of the soul. So I just want to finish with a scripture. It's from Jeremiah 29, verse 11. And we all know it. Um, It says, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. That's our God. (laughs) That's our God. Amen.